The Truth or Politics Podcast, Season 1, Episode 4, Part 2, The Atlantic Article. set you free at least that's what I've been told I said the truth will set you free at least that's what I've been told I've got misinformation Yeah, uh, the first thing I would say is, uh, I think there's two points we, need, we definitely that I would I would definitely like to go over. Uh, starting one with she t- she mentioned uh, Donald Trump's vernacular and saying that this is very uh, very in line with how he's taught before. And I'm just going to mention a couple of things that he said about John McCain before. Uh, but first, we're going to talk. I'm going to mention this tweet from uh, September 3rd, 2020. I never called, and this is uh, quoting uh, Donald J. Trump, I never called John a loser and swear on whatever or whoever I was asked to swear on that I never called our great fallen soldiers anything other than heroes. Um, but a tweet on 7-18-2015 would uh, sort of speak to the contrary as he quoted an article that said, uh, and this is via his Twitter, John McCain is a loser. And... So that's that's a direct quote where he said that. I don't think that. that's sort of uh, the contrary. <laughs> that is pretty much the contrary. <laughs> yeah, which and and to be fair to the president, uh, I, I think he wasn't very specific in his tweets. It's hard to to fit it in and and however three hundred two hundred fifty characters that I think he was talking about the specific time mentioned. But if you want to say that, you need to be specific. Because it, it does give a really bad look. If you say, I never called somebody a loser, and you did directly on your Twitter. Not only that, on uh, on uh, July 20th, 2015, he said he's not a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. Okay, I like people that weren't captured. I don't like losers. Um, so, I mean, he, he is definitely called John McCain a loser before the fact that he's backtracking now on that particular comment and saying he didn't say at this specific time. 
I mean, is it really that far-fetched to believe that he would say it again, especially when he died? And there's there was even reports, the reports of the half the the flags of half staff thing has been around. Uh, uh, and 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 the quote is actually here was the quote. Uh, what the f are we doing doing that for? Guy was an effing loser. He told his aides. Um, and, and that's been out there. So this it's sort of gotten rehashed now, I think, because of the Atlantic article just to be thrown in there. Uh, but, I mean, he attacked him then. He attacked him after his death. The Steele dossier, uh, he had a tweet there just sort of disparaging McCain on his stance on that. And, uh, I, I mean, it's just... I mean, the, she's 100% right that the vernacular is unlike, you know, is is like something Trump said. I mean, and we've been proven time and time again. Uh, and Trump actually, did you hear his comments that he made actually just a, two days ago? Um, uh, if I've heard many comments. Which which ones are you talking about? we got to be specific. Be specific. Uh, well, he was very frustrated with, so if somebody comes up to the mic, and he's already frustrated because they have a mask on. And he's like, "Hey, take the mask off," and they don't. And they <laughs> is, is it now? Is, it, is this a reporter that comes up to a mic and he says, "Take the mask yes. off"? Okay. Or, or here, I'll, how on. about I play it with? It's Go it's on. four minutes. You can pick what you want out of it. Issue of what happens when you are in France. You're going to have to take that off, please. Just you can take I'll, it off. You're, you're, how, how many feet are you away? I'll speak a lot louder. Well, if you don't take it off, you're very muffled. So if you would take it off, it would be a lot easier. I'll, I'll just speak a lot louder. Is that better? It's better. Yeah. It's, it's better. <laughs> Some people are having a hard time believing your denials of the Atlantic story because of what you said about John McCain in the past. Do you understand that? And have you asked John? No, I don't understand. And have you asked John Kelly to refute that story? No, I don't understand it at all. No, because I've always been on the opposite side of John McCain. John McCain liked wars. I will be a better warrior than anybody. But when we fight a war, we're going to win them. And frankly, I was never a fan of John McCain. You know that. It's been very obvious. I was, but I had to approve his entire funeral. I wanted him to get he deserved. A first class, you know, it all was approved by me. We sent Air Force One to pick up the casket, a lot of things. But, no, I was not a fan of John McCain because he wanted the endless wars, and I didn't. I thought that the way the vets were taken care of, our great vets, was not good, not appropriate. And, of course, he took the fake, dirty dossier and gave it over to the FBI. So this is not somebody I'm supposed to say, what a wonderful guy. So, you know what? I lived with him. He lived with me, but we had different philosophies. I think my philosophy is right. I think it's turned out to be right. But I wasn't a fan, but I respect people, and I respect a lot of people. That doesn't mean I necessarily uh, have to agree with them, and I didn't agree with him on a lot of things. Uh, the story is a hoax written by a guy who's got a tremendously bad history. The magazine itself, which I don't read, but I hear it's just totally anti-Trump. He's a big Obama person. He's a big Clinton person. And he made up the story. It's a totally made-up story. In fact, I was very happy to see Zach Fuentes came out and said, now he's, that's, I think that's number 15. And these are people that were there. That's the 15th person, General Kellogg. Uh, everybody that was there uh, knew what happened. And so I was happy. 
Happy to see that Zach came out and said it's not true. He just came out. And uh, it's a disgrace. Who would say a thing like that? Only an animal would say a thing like that. There is nobody that has more respect for not only our military, but for people that gave their lives in the military. There is nobody. And I think John Kelly knows that. I think he would know that. I think he knows that from me. But Zach Fuentes says, you know, work for John. And I think they both know that. But Zach came out, as you know, today or yesterday, last night, and said very strongly that uh, he didn't hear anything like that. Even John Bolton came out and said that was untrue. Now, what was true is that we had the worst weather. I think it was as bad a rain as I've just about ever seen. And it was a fog. You, you literally couldn't see. I walked out. I didn't, have to, I didn't need somebody to tell me. I walked out. I said, there's no way we can take helicopters in this. I understand helicopters very well. And they said, no, sir, that's been canceled. They would have had to go Secret Service. I have the whole list. They would have had to go through a very, very busy section during the day of Paris. They would have had to go through the city. The Paris police were asking us, please don't do it because they're not ready. When you do that, you need a lot of time. They, they take days and days and days to prepare for that. I wanted to do it very badly. I was willing to sit in a car for two hours, three hours, four hours. I didn't care. It didn't matter. And I had nothing else to do. I went there for that. I had nothing else to do. It was ended because of the terrible weather and nobody was prepared to go through in terms of Paris, the police, the military and the Secret Service. And they came out very strongly and said, sir, we can't allow you to make this trip. If I wanted to, sir, we can't allow you from a safety standpoint. It was a phony story, just like the dirty dossier, the fake dirty dossier, just like the Russia collusion, just like all of the other phony stories. And there'll be more phony stories. But I do appreciate Zach coming out. But Zach now is the 15th person that's denied it. Zach now, I think, also talked about the weather aspect of it. And he's probably the 14th or 15th person that blamed it on weather. So that's enough of that. Yes, please. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Donald J. Trump, President Donald <sighs> J. Trump. Yeah, boy. Um, well, this will. Yeah, there's there's so much to unpack on that. I think we just need to let people get into whatever they want to get into on that. Now, do you have a couple comments about that, though, though, Bradley? I don't want to steal that thunder from you. No. Uh, just okay. So first the. There's such a disparity from what the Atlantic, the Atlantic article called it light sprinkle, right? Uh, to, to what he said was one of the worst, one quote, of the worst rains he's ever seen. He's ever seen, uh, fog and all that. Um, you know, man, I I know using the word strange in today's political climate, uh, is, is probably not as impactful as it once was. Man, you talk about strange. The, everything surrounding this just seems bizarre, man. This whole thing is bizarre. Well, and I, I think there's been footage that they've shown of other things that were going on in France. Now, how far away were there? You know, were these two things, and, and there wasn't much rain. Um, you know, that was shown in these other videos of other foreign dignitaries at other sites. And uh, but I mean, I you know in in in. I, I wasn't there. I don't know. There's no footage that we know of of this particular site, um, what was going on. I don't believe. And um, 
I mean, I, I can tell you that <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this to support him, but I can tell you that, you know, where I live is a mile away from my mother-in-law and we will get a torrential downpour um, uh, that will hit our house and we'll be talking to her on the phone. And she's like, it's not raining where I am. So, I mean, you know, and it's, it's just a mile away and that's the way weather moves sometimes. So uh, th- does that mean I still believe Trump and all these things? Um, I tell you what makes me really suspicious um, uh, past the, the, the multiple sources that have come forward to, or the multiple news agencies that have come forward to say that they have backed up this article. The Associated Press has said that they believe it based on their resources. CNN has said they believe it. Of course, Fox has said that they believe it. And I think there might have been one more. Oh, the Washington Post. Well, I mean, I know that Trump calls up CNN and the Post fake media, uh, fake news. Now, what's he going to do with um, you know Fox from here on out? Um, there certainly were some people from Fox who have supported um, Jennifer Griffin and some other people on Fox who aren't. But, um, you know, the, the the thing that is making me so suspicious now is that he's taking this other tact, and it is now he's calling himself a, um, you know, sort of an anti-war president, and he, that he is not part of the big business of war. And this, and really this is just probably needs to be played on different podcasts, or we'll put this up on the site. But, uh, you know, there's there's audio now, video of him um, claiming that the servicemen like him in the military, but the generals and things probably don't because he makes this very blatant um, accusation that they're the ones who are profiting from the big businesses who are selling bombs and weapons and, and everything else while probably, a, what, a week, week and a half ago, um, he was making statements about how they've spent more money than anybody's ever spent to bolster up the military and how it's, you know, he's supporting the military by giving them the the artillery weapons and whatever that they needed to be able to do their job. And so it's, it's such a yin and yang <laughs> with him. Um, you know, <clears throat> John McCain's a loser. No, I never said John McCain's a loser. And then eventually, well, yeah, I don't like the guy. And, you know, so... He's so back and forth, and it, it is um, strange to use your word that it it just is is still seemingly accepted by so many people, and he's not necessarily called out about on it. Um, but there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I would say uh, to go to what we spoke about earlier, the all sides. Allsides.com. Uh, the Atlantic definitely does have a left slant, uh, a soft left slant, according to Allsides.com. Uh, but you know, to get back to the actual uh, point at hand, the point I wanted to make was about Trump and if he did call the Vietnam, you know, veterans suckers for be, for going and not getting out of Vietnam War, because Trump did openly, uh, you know, did Trump openly dodge the Vietnam War and the draft is a hot topic uh, that Snopes, of course, some people on the right would say that Snopes has a left-leaning bias, but for the sake of argument uh, here, I'm just going to present what it says. And this information was attained from the smoking gun in 2011. 
and it reveals the following about Donald Trump. Uh, in 1964, he had his first deferment for uh, his first college deferment. In 65, he had his second college deferment. In 66, he was reclassified as 1A, available for military service, and he got another renewed deferment in December. Uh, there's no record for 67. In 68, he received his fourth and final college deferment. And according to a statement from the Trump campaign, the one Y classification he got after that stemmed from having bone spurs in both heels. And eventually, somehow, this short-term this short-term disability that he had that disqualified him temporarily ended up becoming a permanent thing where he was... Uh, where he was classified as 4F, which is not qualified for military service. Um, so, I mean, it, and if he did uh, openly, you know, sort of, I'm not saying that he that he changed any or falsified any information, but it's sort of it's sort of weird. I would say that he, you know, burns bone spurs in his heel turned into a permanent, you know, what was once temporary turned into a permanent deferment. Um, but there was actually somebody who came to bat for him on this, and it happened to be. The Atlantic, in an article that they posted with the title, Trump's military draft deferment isn't unusual. And in that article, they, I mean, they, they sort of took their, took their jabs at him here and there, of course, but they, they pretty much stood up for Trump in certain ways. And one of the ways that they did is that they noted a few interesting draft dodgers, including George W. Bush, Bill Clinton, Dick Cheney, and Don Quayle. So here we come full circle uh, back to the Atlantic in a more positive light is in regards to Trump. Um, but you know, that, that's just the information that I've, that I gathered. Well, what do you think about that, Robert? Well, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, uh, anything about all those other people that we say were potentially draft Dodgers. Um, you know, did, did, I don't know what their, particular um cases were uh in relation to whatever trump's was so i i wouldn't be so um quick to call them that and even in and again not reading the this this article that you that you've read but even with the atlantic uh it seems to me what they're just essentially saying is that um Trump uh, getting out of the Vietnam War isn't unusual. Here are all these other people who did it too. And I don't know if that's necessarily coming to his defense as much as just saying other people did it also. So uh, it, it, was there something else about that that made you feel like they were defending him or, or just really just pointing out that, hey, other people have done it too, so why is it that big a deal? Is that, is that kind of what the gist was? Well, and I guess when I say the reason they were going to bat for him is because at one point his whole, I mean, it was huge in the headlines that Trump was a draft dodger and all oh, this. Yeah. And they pretty much just sort of brushed it over and said that, yeah, everybody was draft dodgers. And they sort of pushed it under the rug and said, and made it seem like a less common thing and made it, I guess, less of a stigma and more of an, of reality. Mm -hmm. And so I get, and of course, I guess if you have a left wing, if you have a left wing slanter, you know, even some people with with right wing slants don't see draft dodgers as a bad thing because I mean it was a big part of the Vietnam War, and I guess they didn't really come for, to bat for him per se, but in coming to bat for 
uh, draft dodgers in general, they sort of dispersed the uh, the 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 flack that he got on that side from the left. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and I think there there were people who, um, you know, got out for medical reasons, and 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 maybe those reasons were fabricated in order for them to get out. Um, I think there's certainly you know cases of people saying that they did that. Um, there are also people who, um, when you had to register for the draft, um, you could have also um, registered yourself as a conscientious objector. And uh, so that's one, you know, my, my oldest brother is one who did that. And uh, although I registered for the draft, I don't believe I ever could have served because of injuries that I had that were um, not necessarily related to football, that, but were exacerbated and made worse. Um, after I had an injury and played football, and I just don't think I ever could have done hand-to-hand combat or other things like that to be able to serve. So that's certainly a thought about it a number of times. But um, yeah, I, I think what we ought to do let's just let's post that article, uh, that link to it on our Facebook site, and along with maybe some of the other articles that we have mentioned. Um, I know certainly the, the links to some of the audio, I could put those on the Facebook site and let people see those and, uh, we'll let everybody else read those and kind of make up their minds about them too. And these are all, you know, all really good points. And, and, you know, it's, it could be a whole nother topic. The, um, Trump, um, book by his niece, Mary Trump and, um, her, uh, things that she has said, regarding uh, Donald Trump when it comes to his feelings about the military. Um, You know, I'm not going to get into any specifics about that, but, you know, there are statements in there that would seem to be consistent, let's say, with what is being said now. And uh, so, and, you know, I I think if we get to the point now where we're, we're winding down in the podcast, um, you know, where, where do you and I stand Bradley and where does everybody else stand, uh, when it comes to this particular exchange of information about Donald Trump in this article and his comments. And I appreciate that you had that, um, audio of him, um, talking about these, these various things too, cause I wanted him to have a chance to have some audio on here also. Um, you know, for me at this point, I, I would have to say I'm probably, Oh man, I don't know. I I think I'm somewhere between 85 to 90% sure he said the things he said. Um, there just seems to be a mountain of people who are willing to say that they have checked their sources and they're not really saying that they've all checked the same sources. Um, that's one thing that I've, I've been curious about. Um, so they all have sources and I think it is logical to assume, I don't want to call John Bolton a liar, for certainty. Um, uh, he's always seemed to be a pretty straightforward guy myself, and he's written a book that has been critical of Trump. But, you know, could he have been away from uh, Trump when these statements were made? Uh, I think that's certainly a possibility, and he just sim- simply didn't hear them. Or, as Trump is saying, he has 14 to 15 different people who are saying that, yes, the weather was bad and, and no, these statements were never made. And, um, you know, in, in the world now of politics, I'm not trying to wrap up, Bradley, I promise. <laughs> but in our tagline, in the world of politics, world of politics, you know, there are 
two sides to every story. <laughs> there's their side of the story, there's your side of the story, and somewhere in the middle lies the truth. And I just don't think we're ever going to get to the truth on this. Uh, what Wouldn't do you think, that be Bradley? three sides, sir? Uh, I know. It's kind of, well, it's kind of like two sides and something in the middle. So is the middle really a side? Is it a triangle? Is it, uh, you know, three lines? Is it, is it, is it a horcrux, you know, that has uh, a certain stone in it? Um, Ooh, nerd I alert, would say, alert. let's see. So, man, there's so many moving parts to this. There's so many factors because when you think about who would have heard him say this, the circle has to be small, wouldn't you believe? He he would know probably every individual personally who was there when, who would have heard him said that. There has to be a group. I would say it's a group of less than 10 people. Right. So, yeah, I think if if we use the premise that it was said, then he would actually know who those people are who are claiming that he said it um, within that particular group. And yes. So I look at it from two ways. Either you ha- and and neither of these these are just speculation on my part. I look at it two ways. Either you have people, you know, Trump. I would I would venture to say that it's that it's okay to admit that Trump can be a bit abrasive sometimes, um, and maybe he rubs some people the wrong way who may have wanted to um, collude, which is that's a little uh, maybe not the best. The word for next week. <laughs> maybe not the best uh, phrase to use in this situation, but maybe a few people colluded to maybe make a story that wasn't fabricated and maybe fabricate a story to uh, implement him in something that it's not necessarily huge or, you know, legally troublesome, but maybe something to get him in hot water. Or it could be the other way that maybe people, you know, the people that other, you know, like, I know some journalists have said, oh, this is not true, are sticking up for Trump, which I would venture to say is probably the more likely scenario. Um, but I see both of those as possibilities because in the world of politics, I mean, it's it's a cutthroat game. I mean, everybody, you really can't trust anybody a lot of times um, unless you personally know them and they're close friends. But for me personally, I would say, if I had to put a number on it, I'm 75 percent sure that he said it given his past history with statements like that mm-hmm. um you know calling john mccann a loser his history of vietnam deferments and him being <laughs> him being the king of avoiding wars um you know i would say there's a 25 percent chance that he didn't say it um and now i think the next question though is even if with all that said what does it change for you what does it change for you, Robert? Yeah, that that's that's still yeah, that's the question that I'm always thinking of is, you know, th- does it really change anything for me? Um, I, I'm already, you know, uh, we, we haven't necessarily stated all of our biases yet. And uh, I, I can tell you that in the last election, I did not vote for Trump. Um, I also did not vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, I'll leave it as a cliffhanger. I think Bradlin may have heard me say who I did vote for, but I'll leave it as a cliffhanger right now to uh, tell you guys some other time who I did vote for in that election. But um, in in this particular election, I have made up my mind I'm not going to vote for Trump, um, but I've not made up my mind who I'm voting for, um, whether it's going to be Biden 
or if it's going to be some type of independent candidate or if it's going to be a libertarian candidate candidate. Um, I've not fully made up my mind yet or the third option um, that I'm not going to discuss <laughs> again to, to leave as a cliffhanger, but um, yeah, it doesn't really change that much for me about Trump. Um, it, it, it continues for me to be sort of like a, a study in the things that he says and does and the inconsistencies that I feel like I see in what he says and does um, uh, is, is an example of um, people who continue to back him no matter what. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like you in the sense that I wasn't there. So how can I say I know 100% he's lying or that everyone else is true, everyone else is correct? You know, I, I, just, I can't say 100%. I wasn't there. So that, that's the position, you know, that I would always tend to take uh, for something like that. And um, I, I think in one particular case, if I play a little bit of um, what you were doing, Bradley, I think when he is said to have said things like, I just don't understand it, you know, why these people sacrifice their lives to do this. That that could be if all these other statements sort of aren't surrounded by it and that statement is isolated, that could very well be a very sympathetic type of statement. It could be like, you know, I would never do this, but I'm I'm just amazed at the sacrifice these people make. Now I'm putting words into his mouth that other people have said he didn't say. But I could see how that one statement isolated on its own could certainly be something that is actually somewhat supportive of the sacrifice these people have made out of context of all the other stuff. So does, does that still make me think that he didn't say everything? Not really. Um, but you know, if I had to grasp at anything, that's probably what I would grasp at. Yeah. And uh, you know, those are all fair points and it also could be a situation that I don't think we, we talked about. Um, you know, when you have to do something that you don't want to do, uh, like, like for instance, say, you you have to go to your, and, and this is not speaking personally. This is just a, a generic generic scenario, but you like you have to go to your wife's you know family's Christmas, and the whole ride over there, you know, you're like, oh man, why don't why don't your aunt Gertrude just go ahead and kick the bucket and leave? I hate talk, I hate dealing with her. Your your uncle, that stupid toupee, he's what a loser he is, and, and you know you don't necessarily say it to mean it, but you're just you just you're just mad about the situation you're just going all you know you're just like you're saying things that you don't necessarily mean maybe but you, but you're just mad about the situation and maybe that's the most likely scenario with trump that he is just he's out here in the rain you know want, that people are wanting him to go here and go there and he's like man why do you want me to go see all these you know these suckers at this cemetery i mean come on man you know i've got better things to do i'm donald trump where's a golf course and maybe maybe that's a little bit of a hot take. So that's, but but I'm just saying from my perspective, because I've been there, man, was doing stuff that I don't that I don't necessarily want to do, but I had to do, and I may have said some things that weren't necessarily true, um, but just just went off the handle, and I just said whatever came to my mind, just whatever, even if it was incendiary, I just said it. Um, but what does this change for me? Um, much like you, I didn't vote for. Um, for Hillary or Trump in last the last election either. 
Um, shocker. But uh, but I did sort of help campaign for Trump in Florida, but not really. Uh, that's a weird situation. So Trump had paid like a super PAC to campaign for Marco Rubio. And they had Trump flyers and Marco Rubio flyers. And I accidentally left the Trump flyers in the van and just went out and campaigned for Marco Rubio. Uh, and never brought up Trump. Uh, but so, I mean, so I sort of campaigned for him and then, you know, but this election, I didn't plan on voting for Trump already. So what does it change for me? It doesn't change anything. Uh, if anything, it, it did. I mean, if it is, does end up being true, I mean, it gives more clarity to what my vote would be. Um, but I think this is more of a an indictment on the political system in general. I think I've heard a lot of people this election cycle say that they don't like the choices that we have. And maybe in four more years we'll get something different. But both parties seem to be, um, you know, if to use a boxing analogy, instead of putting up the Mike Tysons of the world, they're putting up the, the welterweights up there to try to win the election. And I just, I just don't think it's going to work. And it hasn't worked in the past for the Democratic Party. And I guess uh, we'll just see what happens, man. I mean, it's it's all anybody's game. Uh, I mean, I think the polls have them neck and neck right now within the I think by I think uh, the Democratic Party candidates leading by maybe a negligible difference that's within the poll boundaries. But for me, I'm not not going to vote for Trump, so it, it doesn't change my opinion uh, at all. And I guess that's where I'll leave that. So we we do have some uh, excellent, excellent uh, listener feedback, and I'm going to play this message. This is one. This one's from Sean, and apologize to Sean and anyone else who calls in eventually in the future. I had said on the Facebook site that you could just go for five minutes and everything would be fine. Evidently, this free Google voicemail that I'm able to use for our podcast, um, it is actually uh, just a three-minute um, limit. And so anytime that you guys feel like you need to go longer than your your actual time there, please go ahead. Give us six minutes. We'll be happy to, to do that. So here's Sean. Hey, guys. It's uh, Rob. This is Sean Lyons. Um, appreciate y'all doing this. It's uh, good to see something that's focused on uh, civil discourse um, from either side. Hey, so uh, as far as the Atlantic article goes, um, I guess what I would say is a um, little surprised um, at quite how much attention it's uh, gotten, I guess, because of this, this the sheer um, ugliness of the allegations. Um, although what's interesting to me is, is I think you pointed out in one of your posts, um, it, whether these things are provable or not right now is, is, is up in the air. Uh, so far, you know, it'd be better to see, uh, uh, you know, named sources, although it's certainly not the first time that unnamed sources have uh, been used. Uh, but I, uh, and with, by legitimate journal, um, I think in this case, though, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, it, it's not far off of some things that are easily documentable. 
that the president has said about the military. And I think it's, um, it's not a stretch for me to believe these things. They're not, they're not much different than, uh, things he said that we know he said, uh, particularly about John McCain. Uh, so, um, the sort of furor around it kind of surprises me a little just because it's not far off. Um, doesn't make it true, but, uh, it certainly doesn't stretch credibility to think that he might've said, uh, something like this. Um, but, I'm going to take a little bit of a left turn. One of the things that's interesting to me about all of this is um, that, uh, you know, with the Atlantic as a source, um, I've been curious to see how many people have responded who who are, uh, I think, tend to lean right on this, that um, what do you expect from the Atlantic? And I haven't seen that so much on y'all's page, but uh, seen that, heard that from a lot of my friends and so on, um, that, you know, there's this perception uh, that's increasing that, uh, you know, we don't trust the media. Uh, and that uh, what's particularly concerning to me is that folks on the left seem to get a lot of their news from particular sources, and folks on the right seem to get their news from particular sources um, that tend to be... And and that's where he cut off. (laughs) So I'm going to find the other audio that he did. And here's Sean again finishing up. Hey, uh, Rob, this is Sean. (laughs) I cut off in about three and a half minutes. um, I'll be real quick here. Uh, The point I was trying to make um, was that uh, I, I think it's difficult in terms of a national discourse uh, on anything real substantive um, to, to have the kind of conversation you guys are trying to have because uh, folks tend to get their uh, news from different sources. It, it, not too many years ago, um, we all got our news from Walter Cronkite or the local newspapers, uh, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and uh, in terms of national media or Time Magazine or Newsweek or whatever. And uh, increasingly, um, folks on the left listen to particular things and read particular things, and folks on the right do the same. And so it's difficult to have a conversation uh, about things because – we're not even dealing with the same information. And uh, I don't know what to do about that. Uh, But I I see that as a problem that cuts across a lot of issues, regardless of what you think about the Atlantic story. um, uh, It's difficult to have a real substantive conversation about issues because uh, we don't have a common um, source of information. So with that, I'll be quiet and uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. Thanks. Okay, so that was Sean, and uh, we really appreciate you making those comments, Sean. And um, that sounded just as good as it did the uh, first time we played it <laughs> three days ago or whenever it was. But, uh, yeah, we I mean, I, I was doing fist, fist pumps in the air or punches in the air when I was uh, walking my dog on one of his billionth walks of that night. But when I got to listen to your um, audio, 
and I quickly sent that off to Bradley so he could listen to it too. So, um, love your comments and, and we really appreciate, um, you understanding what we're trying to do is to, you know, bring these things up, have a civil discourse about it if we can and, and see if, you know, I guess maybe just see if the civil discourse allows us to maybe distance ourselves from some of the, you know, emotion, emotion, the vitriol of um, potentially hating a party and, and really kind of get to what, what can be said is potentially the truth. So thanks again for doing that, Sean. Uh, Bradley, any comments about Sean's? Yeah, Sean had a lot of great points there. And uh, whenever you build a house, I mean, you want to start with the foundation traditionally, <laughs> I would venture to say. And if you have the roofer coming out on the same day you're trying to, you know, you have before you even lay the foundation, I mean, you're not going to get much done there. And by that same token, if you – you know, if you look at this one article that's say far left leaning and somebody else is reading the a contrary article that's far right leaning and they both have their own facts or alternative facts or whatnot, you know, you don't have a common ground. I mean, the little bit of common ground you have that with the basic, you know, parts of the story is really muddled and you and you know, you and whoever else are arguing over the story when in reality both of the stories that you read are far off the mark. And, uh, you know, today I think we're more divided than ever. Um, and maybe that's conjecture on my part and that's not true. Maybe we've just always been divided. We did have this thing called the, uh, was it called the, uh, civil war? Uh, I, I believe Robert can, is that, is that correct? Yes. Yes. There, there was that, that event. Now civil is an interesting, uh, terminology on it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so, and I imagine that was, uh, a pretty divi a divisive time whenever uh, congressmen were getting beaten to to near death with canes. Did you ever hear that story? I go don't look up know the, what you're talking about. Go what? look. What? The congressman that uh, I think they settled it. One one of the he just went into the guy's office and just caned him repeatedly. Really? Man, he really? he gave him. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, let's see. Anyway, it's it's not important yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I mean, hundred percent, I agree with um, with everything you know, with a lot of what he said. Yeah, the caning of Charles Sumner. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he was a pro-slavery Democrat from South, a pro-slavery Democrat from South Carolina. Preston Brooks used a walking cane to attack Senator Charles Sumner, an an abolitionist. Abolitionist. Ooh. Abolitionist. Yeah, I've been talking too much today. An abolitionist Republican from Massachusetts in retaliation for a speech given by Sumner two days earlier in which he fiercely criticized slaveholders, including a relative of Brooks. The beating nearly killed Sumner, and it contributed significantly to the country's polarization over the issue My of slavery. My goodness. Okay. So, and that is via the very reliable source, uh, Wikipedia. <laughs> I use Wikipedia for a ton of stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the next, uh, voicemail we have is from Pat and I'm going to start rolling that. Or am I? Okay. And the next voicemail we have is from Pat. Hey Rob, Papert. I'm actually on the road, so I haven't really gotten to listen to the podcast yet. 
if we can't do better than these two bozos, I'm very, uh, well, I'm just very disgusted with us as a country the last two elections, to be honest. But um, the, the, the interesting thing or one thing that may, you may want to expand on, I don't look at Trump as a, a conservative at all. I look at him as a moderate to moderate liberal, especially with his spending practices. And I know we're in the world of everything's free now. Um, you know, free health care, free school, free, free whatever, um, free money because due to COVID, with the way they structured everything, a lot of people are making more than they ever have. Um, not that they don't deserve it, because this has been a terrible thing, and, and I'm not saying that either. Hey, glad you're doing this. Glad you're putting the work and time and effort in. It's uh, definitely a undertaking that's probably, a, while it's fun, it's also a ton of work. And I'm just appreciative that somebody's willing to, to undertake it, especially you. So and it, it, you, uh, you and the gentleman helping you, I don't think I know what happened. No. So, anyway, be good. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, I'll tell you what. Good old Pat. So, I, Bradley, you'll have to pull in some of your uh, acquaintances on the next couple uh, voicemails that we get. But Pat and, and Sean, you guys are more than welcome to contribute any time that you do. I know somebody on one podcast who contributes every single time. Do you know anybody? Do you know anybody who does that, Bradley? Hmm, what kind of loser would do that? There's probably some sucker. <laughs> oh my goodness! It's it's Trump. He's come back to to haunt Bradley's post for uh, the the Twilight Zone podcast. Okay. Oh, Pat, Pat, thanks so much for that. And uh, I think Bradley, you've got some thoughts about <clears throat> Trump as being the on his spending practices. Where where would you place him actually on the the political spectrum? Man, Pat, let me just tell you right now that I was, you know. I saw uh, Robert over there doing a single fist pump. Over there. I was, I had to mute my mic because I was jumping up and down. I loved your comment so much, uh, cheering, and I think I, I may have woke the baby up. But, you know, all that aside, I, you know, I, I would completely, you know, I, truthfully I'd agree that Trump really is a moderate, uh, you know, to left-leaning uh, candidate. I always thought during the campaign that he was more of a populist than anything, that he really just sort of, made his policies, uh, you know, dependent on sort of wherever, whichever way the wind blew. I mean, he's been probably the highest, you know, he's raised the debt more than any other president so far. And they, I'm, I'm, I take that back. I take that back. Re rewind that. I'm, I'm, there's, with inflation, I'm not sure, but he's raised the debt a significant amount. How about we say that? So I don't uh, get in any hot water for particulars. Um, he, uh, you know, I just think that he he's sort of a fake conservative in some ways, and that's my own political take on that. That's not the truth of the situation. That's my conjecture. Um, and but you know, I do really think that I do agree with him when he said that we nominated some bozos here. Uh, so I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see how the election shakes out and see uh, which clown we're stuck with. Talk about your hot takes. I tell you. Well, I think I think we know who you're not going to vote for <laughs> on both sides of the things. Yeah, I'm I I'm still undecided 
Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. And, and thanks again, everybody for, uh, contributing Pat and Sean and then, uh, Perry who left some things on the Facebook site and, uh, other folks who have chimed in too. I think I had, uh, Ellen had said some things on there and I'm just going to paraphrase what she had said. And she gave me permission to, um, say the things that she said, but essentially she felt like the article, um, that Goldberg had written. Again, not being able to list a lot of the sources that it had was just sort of a statement on uh, the way journalism is done today. And, you know, we, we can still run with articles uh, without having named sources. And, and again, I, I get the argument from uh, many people who now are saying, you know, this is the way that Watergate was actually started was from reliable sources, but were unnamed. And um, so you know, this, this is just, uh, it is, it's the way, way the, the state of everything is right now with politics. And, um, I don't know if that's all necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. Uh, this is just the stuff that, that, um, you know, I'm motivated to discuss in, in a civil discourse and, and do it within the framework of this podcast. Um, I do want to say that, um, in the future, um, thank you again for listening to the podcast. If you would like to contribute to the podcast and be able to leave some information for us in a voicemail, you can still go back to this podcast that we're doing right now. You can contribute to ones that we did in our introductions, uh, where we talk about the uh, terminology that we're going to cover. And we talk about the fallacies that people do in their arguments and to do that, you can call the voicemail line at 662-370-778. Once again, that is 662-370-778. You can leave a three-minute message. And if that isn't long enough, leave me another one. And we'll do our best to play those. I would love it if somewhere down the road where um, Bradley and I get our act together and I continue to remember to uh, press record... <laughs> <laughs> for these podcasts and, and I won't spend forever trying to re-record and edit that uh, we'll actually have so many voicemails that come through. I will have a separate post just of voicemails and uh, I would love to be able to do that and let everybody hear the, the contributions. So that would be great if we could do it. Um, one other way that you could reach us is also through our um, email and to do that, you would actually leave it at truth or politics podcast at gmail.com. So simply truth or politics podcast at gmail.com. Know the in front of truth on this particular one. And uh, if you do that and uh, we have enough time to be able to fit comments in for that and you'd like us to read those comments on the air, let us know. We'll certainly do that. And then the last one is really the first one that we created, and that is our Facebook group site. That it That is actually the Truth or Politics podcast, and that is on. you can find that on Facebook. Um, all you simply have to do is to um, answer a couple questions that we have. They're very simple things like, what is your political bias? If you don't have one, that's okay. I didn't make a multiple choice. Uh, I just want to see you if you want to write a couple of things in there. And I honestly don't even remember what my other questions were. Uh, I think probably one about would you promise to be civil in your, in your discussions and not troll or something like that. So that's the information that I have for this particular podcast. Um, we had these big aspirations 
that we were going to do another podcast after this one. It is so late. There is no way we're doing that one. And, um, speak a little bit about, uh, the regular nature of these podcasts. Uh, there is no regular nature at this point. Ideally we would get to a point where we could record one a week and you could count on that and they would drop at a certain time that you can always count on. At this point, we've already recorded two other podcasts or one very long one that we split into two parts. And uh, this particular one, we'll have to see how much material we have on it. I might split this into two parts too. And we'll actually have four that have come out. Uh, I'm not really sure. We'll have to find out uh, where we go with that. But um, we will record again. I know I've got some uh, some needed vacation time that I may or may not be taking, all depending on hurricanes and uh, COVID-19. And uh, we'll see where we go with those types of things. But we do hope to get these out fairly soon. Uh, obviously, if you are listening to this, you know it's out. And uh, thanks for everybody. Bradley, any closing thoughts? Yeah, real quick before we uh, sign off and right off into the sunset, you know, talking about Perry, I would like to apologize for Perry that I, I sort of uh, shot ready aim and I commented on the article before I actually read through everything, which I have been known to do. So apologies to Perry. Uh, I also want to make sure that even though we have political uh, predilections and leanings, that in no way, I would say, affects the way that, I mean, I'm sure it does affect a little bit, but we we will always come at articles and come at information fairly, whether it's a, it's against Trump, Biden, any politician, anybody at all. Uh, that's one thing we want to do here is give everybody a fair shake and just look at the information, look at the brass tacks that we have uh, without taking into consideration our political bias and just look at it fairly. And I think that's what we ultimately want to do here. And so if we express any uh, opinions that are political, that give away our political leanings, just know that that doesn't uh, influence the way that we view the information or the way that we process the information, the way that we talk about it on the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it's. I, I think in, in the back of my mind, I have this um, idyllic um, dream, um, not not like uh, Martin Luther King <laughs> Jr., but I, I have this idyllic dream that at some point when when I hear something that is on the extreme end of the political spectrum, whether it's extreme right or it's extreme left, that it is a statement that I can completely 100% say that is dead on true. That That is a fact. That is the information. I get it. And, and, and I'm not on either extreme. So I, I kind of want that to happen. Um, I, I, I want the other quote-unquote sides to make sense. I actually wish for that. Um, I'm not a praying guy, but I would pray for that if I could <laughs> for all the sides to make sense. And, uh, and again, this is, um, you know, a podcast where we're hoping to, uh, you know, get to the truth of things. And, and hopefully this has been an enjoyable experience. We enjoy it. We we're actually smiling. Uh, we can see each other on the uh, Skype program. So uh, we're having fun and, we may or may or may or may not sound like this is just a super energetic type of endeavor. Um, we kind of keep it a little low key, but uh, you know, we'll see where things go from that. But thanks everybody again for joining us. Um, really appreciate that. And uh, I think that's going to be it for tonight. Yeah. Uh, I think the next episode, speaking of energetic, uh, mm. 
if everything runs, if everything goes the way we plan to, we are going to start doing the next one. I don't know how many parts it's going to go, but we're going to do it on the uh, Brianna Taylor uh, shooting. And so that may be uh, quite a bit more energetic, especially on my part. But we, we will see how things go. Uh, I just hope y'all stick around. Just give us give us a shot. I mean, if you just really are tired of cutting through all of the the political leanings, the political bias, you know, I really hope that this is a, a haven, a safe place that you can come and you can listen to us and you can think, hey, these guys gave it a fair shot. Hey, and if you don't think that we're giving anybody a fair shot, if you think we are, you know, showing our biases too much and it's influencing the way we do this podcast, send us an email, man. Call call the hotline and give us, just give us the business. You know, we want you to hold us accountable as much as we hold the media accountable here and, if because if we're not doing our jobs to be politically unbiased, uh, then we definitely can't help you if we can't even do it ourselves. So um, that's all I have, Robert. Uh, go ahead and wrap us up. And- no, no, no truer words have ever been spoken at the end of a podcast. Excellent, excellent stuff. So here, here's the tagline, everybody. There are well, we don't know anymore. Two sides, three sides. Let's say there there are sides to a story. This is what I'm going to say. There are sides to a story. There's your side. There's their side. And somewhere in the middle lies the truth. Uh, Good to know. All right. Good night, everybody. Bradley, I'm turning it off of recording. I'm, I'm so nervous right now. I never told anybody to lie. Not a single time. Never. These allegations are false. Well, I'm not a crook. I've earned everything I've got. I'm not going to continue trying to respond to these repetitions of the falsehoods that have already been stated here. Read my lips. No new taxes. Our politics seems more vulnerable to conspiracy theories and outright fabrication. We choose truth over facts. Some of the most dishonest people in media are the so-called fact-checkers. We will keep this promise to the American people. If you like your doctor, you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan, period. Just totally distorting everything possible concerning the facts.